You just sit back and enjoy the magic. From outside of the Hollywood system, this is the Making Filmmakers Podcast, where we discuss the creative process of filmmaking. Fucking movies. From start to finish. All from the point of view of truly independent filmmakers. Hold on to your butts. And here are your hosts, Andrew Ortiz, Frankie Guerra, and Kevin Lyons. So I guess uh, since this is our first debut podcast, we should try to figure out um, exactly what we plan to do with the show. So why are we, I guess, you know, why are we even deciding to film a pod or uh, make a podcast? Um, you want to go in and to that? Well, I think okay. we just we want to talk to... Um you know, filmmakers uh, of all ages too. I don't think it matters age group, um, but we want to just share our experiences, um, the things that we go through. Uh, you know, on a day to day, month to month, year to year, uh, per project, um, and you know, outside of your typical Hollywood system, right? So exactly. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about you know whether it deals with casting, locations, writing, you know, some technical things, whether dealing with equipment. Uh, post-production mm-hmm. uh, obviously going back to pre-production you know we're gonna talk about all of that stuff and in hopes to reach independent filmmakers who maybe they're on the fence they haven't filmed anything yet right. because they you know seen too many YouTube videos that stray them right. <laughs> away from the reality that you can do it right now just grab right. a camera and go shoot right yeah okay Frankie yeah and on top of that I mean I'm excited to talk about the things that other podcasts don't get to hit, you know. They all talk about the technical aspects and I want to talk about things we're learning currently while filming our own film at this right. moment that yeah. no one told us would happen and we kind of got smacked in the face with some things both good and bad. So I you know, I hope we can kind of give some information to other filmmakers who want to do this and let them know some of the things that are going to come ahead. Yeah, and that, <clears throat> that's the funny thing too, yeah. right? Because like we, you know, you can watch all the YouTube stuff, right? And you can watch. Oh yeah. You can read as much stuff as you possibly can on making a film, but then when you, either, whether it's short or it's a commercial or whatever film process you get into or whatever you want to make, it's you run into the problems of that particular project, not an overall problem solution that you see on YouTube, right? If, if that, exactly. yeah, and that's that's my biggest yeah. frustration with with YouTubers a lot is that. Let me show you how to, uh, I don't know, add a cross dissolve. Well, well, when do I use a cross dissolve? And why do I use a cross dissolve? And, you know, if, if, I'm, if you're going to show me just the basic ne- technical stuff, shouldn't you show me it in a project that you're actually working on? Right. Not some mm-hmm. random stock footage or a picture of, you know, or a video of your cat sleeping. And that's what they, you see a lot of times is like, you know, these so-called experts and they've got millions of views. But they don't really go into practical, like you're saying, like practical usage. Like, mm-hmm. how is this information going to help me on my project? Right. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to get that info. So hopefully that's what we we will do. Right. Right. Yeah. I hope so. Which brings uh, brings me to the first topic that I kind of want to discuss. And I know since you know Frank and I and you, Kevin, we're doing the, uh, our first fr- first feature film that's truly being funded by ourselves. And one of the, the first things that I had problems with, but not, not necessarily trying to, not necessarily having the problem with, but like a, an obstacle 
doing was casting right for for the project not just casting like casting yeah you get it like that's the the idea of casting is what you you know you look for actors and then you 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 know if they match what's in your head of the character that's on on paper then you go in and like audition them and then the process goes on and on but the thing that i i remember frankie i think you remember this too is that the problem that we kind of had was that um were were these actors the did they it was exciting to know that they were that, that they're gonna act for us right that they're like okay they're on they're on with a project that was exciting but the, the thing was are these the characters that are really gonna make your project great come to life, yeah, come to come life. To life. Yeah. are they gonna yeah. are they the real characters or are you just being or are you just like you know okay I'm glad somebody's working on our project let's just well, hire that, them and I think that's the thing <laughs> yeah. is like most of the time you know we all hang out with like-minded people so all of us have a slew of actors in our back pocket but doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. mean that one they're fit for this role and two maybe they're not really actors you know because everybody right. wants to be an actor but like you know delivering dialogue on camera with a set of 15 people is a totally different experience than like just oh I want to be an actor right. and so I think a lot of that mm -hmm. like comes into it too is you know we're we're taking the more um, for lack of a better word just a more professional approach to our projects we want right. our projects to be seen on a mass level we're not doing student films right. we're not no. doing this is not a in you know this is an indie film but I it, I think I don't know if you would agree but. I wouldn't call it an indie film, just a film. Right. It's yeah. just it's yeah. done in that indie sphere, but in reality, it's going to be our first film, and so you know, it's it's hard to find casting. I think that's always like the one of the biggest pitfalls for independent productions because people usually, you know, take the easy route out. Right. And people don't think about casting because think about it, when you think about movies, if you're even if you're you've gone to film school. Okay, who do they talk about mostly? The director, the writer, director of photography, cinematography. Rarely do they go and they have a good long section about casting, casting. which is yeah. crazy because mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. it, it, it's all an ensemble, you know. And, and we like we've taught we both know sound is like the essence, you know. Right. Some people yeah. would agree that it makes or breaks your project, but those things are always like the last thing that's discussed. Which is crazy mm -hmm. because it's like those two things are like so important into making your film believable. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And sound, which you know, it's funny because like you—that's actually a topic that I've I've noticed that uh, that's probably a lot more talked about now than it was before because I think sound is pretty inexpensive to get like roughly for the most part right like i mean you can kind of go out and get a few things and yeah. capture pretty yeah. good sound no. for the most part i mean part, even right? like with what we're doing i mean totally like you know right we were talking about it frank and i were talking about it when you were getting ready and it's like you couldn't do this that long ago you right. know like you could but it like this quick and this minimal right. you know it's pretty amazing and uh you know so yeah i would agree with that but i still think a lot of people don't know what good sound is yeah no, no, you know no. what i mean like yeah and that's that goes back to the mm -hmm. whole you know debate that like you know everybody's a filmmaker because you know oh it's so easy to make a film now which i think is bs mm -hmm. you know it's actually probably <laughs> yes. harder you know because there's so yeah. much and there's so much noise in the right in the you know out there in the internet and whatever um it's kind of hard sometimes to pinpoint like what is important and what do you need and what's going to make my film 
get from start to finish. Right. Yeah. See, that's a, that, I think that's a, a topic too, right? Frankie, we were discussing last time is like what level of your audio has to be at to be good. I mean, and then there's bad audio. Cause like if you go on one spectrum, obviously like audio you can't hear very well, well is obviously categorized as bad, but what, what's yeah. in between, you know what I'm saying? Like what, what real, cause you can't see audio. So right. it's like, you can't no. see, yeah. but you can see video. So you know, it's, well, it's know. funny. Cause like from a technical aspect, you could see it, you know, as far like as wave meters, wave or monitor, yeah. you know, um, and you can truly see, that's like, true. There's if, meters yeah, on there. Yeah, if your right. if your mm -hmm. volume is, you know, under modulated, over modulated, but th that's the thing is, you know, people call themselves sound professionals and we've we've had our, our fair share of people that we've worked with and they're not right you yeah. know and it's because whatever they watched a youtube video or they recorded their first you know album independently on garage man which is huge big kudos but that doesn't mean you can step on a set and record audio for a film um and then there's that like you know just play you know having the right equipment to hear Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I've seen dudes come on there with like earbuds. Yeah. And you're like, really, dude? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, how can you, you can't even cancel out the exterior noise. How are you going to make sure what you're hearing is, you know, solid audio? So, you know, all those kind of things I think come into play. But I, right. I do think that like, it is hard. It's elusive because it's fairly invisible. But, um, you know, people who dedicate themselves to it, like, they they know what to do right yeah. but they're exactly. <laughs> there's like one for every thousand yeah you know, it's so hard to find a good sound guy mm -hmm. yeah and that that like that has to be in my opinion like i i got into music <clears throat> before i got into film so i was i was i really liked audio a lot right but i you know there's no way no no way that you can do you can be you can direct them or get behind the camera and do audio like mm -hmm. you need dedicated audio you want dedicated audio that makes that's one of the small things i think that makes a difference um you know in in getting that cinematic look and totally. and an audio mm -hmm. getting that cinematic audio is you want somebody dedicated to just getting the audio because you don't want to break your concentration as a director or if you're just behind the camera or whatever whatever you're focused on you don't want to have to worry about another another role you know Exactly, so. and I think that goes for all all crew. Like you know, you should have some grips. You should have you know, obviously a cinematographer. You know where that that's just their position. Right. Position. You know, have your roster. I think that's a mistake I've made. I know in past is trying to wear too many hats. Yeah. You just you just can't. Like you just said, like as a director, your focus is the scene. You know, as a whole. Um, just making sure that it's being played out right, you know. Um, I, I think I think uh, that happens a lot. You know, we start juggling too much, or we try to you know get in there and be the sound engineer at the same time, and it's just not. Yeah, it's, it's not gonna, not gonna yeah. happen. It's, it's not, not gonna, gonna work, happen. you know. So yeah, which which I think we were learning off of this first shoot that we did last month for our film. Absolutely, you know, like everyone needs to have a, a certain job and stick to it you can't really jump to one thing to another no yeah no it's too I, hard. I, I know that's why i think like i think like filming that piece that we did the, the very mm -hmm. first part of that in case no one and no one knows what we're talking about we we're feature we're uh filming a feature film right now and we we're doing it in bite-sized pieces because we have to you know uh financially handle all that burden ourselves so 
the first piece. Weekend warrior yeah, style. Weekend warrior <laughs> yeah. style. So that first piece though was like a short. I felt like it was a short. Like pretty much we shot a short. Totally. So yeah. All yeah. the all the times we're gonna be shooting shorts. But luckily we learned. I mean I learned a ton on this last short. Technically it came out beautifully, but a few things you know like in terms of workflow need to ha need to happen to get things. And I think better. I think that's an important thing to say though too to filmmakers who are making a jump. You're always gonna learn. So. Mm -hmm. You yes. know, there is there is something to say with you know be prepared, but also be prepared to troubleshoot, right? Because yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and that's that goes for kind of anything I think creatively, you know, any creative project or maybe a project in general. But um, I think a lot of times that's not harped on enough, at least in the courses that I've taken in my life. It's just learning how to troubleshoot, man. Learning how to it's that it's yeah. that kung fu aspect, you right. know. Yeah. You know, being able to yeah. adapt and 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 stay cool, stay calm, because I think there's a lot of debates on that too. You know how certain directors carry their set, and some are like hardcore and you know yelling and screaming, and then some are like real chill. Right. Yeah. You know, so you, you're gonna you're gonna have different leaders in those ways, but I like to keep it kind of calm myself. But right. Yeah. That's how I always mm -hmm. go back to kung fu because it just. It really means something to me, and it makes sense. You no, know? it's a good philosophy, it, especially it the way Bruce Lee, uh, you know, uh, it fused it with fighting. Oh yeah, you know? Well, no, I mean not like a lot of people don't realize how much you know he was in a part of the creative process of those films of every film that he did. Mm -hmm. I mean, those films probably, and that's not to diminish the director of that film or those films or anything like that, but um, you know. He was carrying a yeah. lot of weight there, but you know that's another person I think is a good person to look at, who who was able to multitask mm -hmm. and do it almost flawlessly. At least to the public, we didn't know if he was going through trauma. I mean, I oh, know yeah. I know they show it on the movie, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, the Rob Cohen movie, which, yeah. is, which is a good flick. It's oh, a great, um, you know. But you know, he, he, you would never know it. Everybody thought he was bigger than. Than life, yeah. nothing could stop him, you know. So, but I, I think he's a he's a classic example of like an independent filmmaker, and he doesn't always really get thrown in that no conversation. No, I, I do know he had a lot to do though with the with the film's process. I know Everything. he like yeah. I like think that was like his the writing right. That was his thing. He was like, I want I want to be in there creatively. And he um, would he would get behind the camera because I did a lot of reading you know you know I'm a fan of Bruce yeah, right I mean right. there's so many people who are now you know but I think for me it's his philosophy that that stuck out to me more than anything and so I went down that rabbit hole and yeah. I read a lot about his creative process and um, you know he would write these like very detailed um, he had like he would carry like little um, those little spiral mm -hmm. notepads yeah the memo small, pads yeah little memo pads mm -hmm. really small ones. And he would just be writing stuff, I guess, like constantly. Yeah. And that's how he rolled. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We do it now with our phones, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. we have, well, some of us, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, but we have the notes on there. And I kind of like, dude, I just, I find myself doing the same thing before I knew, you know, that's what he did. Right. Yeah. I think it's just part of our process. Like, sometimes you just got to get it down on paper, mm -hmm. write it down, and then, you know, go after it. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be as organized as possible, and it's funny because like I don't even I still do like see look no cards you yeah know? exactly because it's to me even even writing on your phone it's still like there's still a few steps you got to get to your note your notes well at least with a note card you're well, just like boom and there's something about 
holding a pen and yeah. putting it to paper, I've had many conversations about that. I mean, that goes into a whole other conversation right. or topic, but there is something about like physically writing that creates a connection with your brain that somehow for whatever reason we retain it or we, we, it, it, it just becomes bigger than right. just like typing in a phone and then gets lost in a thousand other notes yeah. about groceries and whatever, you know, that don't really matter, you know? So get that. I get that. Yeah. So let's see. So now that we're kind of like jumping topics here, I kind of want to move back to like, uh, the importance of a team. That's what I want to talk about more. The importance of a team which I think, you know, obviously everybody knows you get more done when you're, when you're with a team, but I think that the, the, to flourish with the team, you have to be in that mindset to be a, a you, you're, you're going to be playing on a team. You're not going to be code Bryant. You know what I'm saying? You're not, cause I remember like a few years ago, even I was in the mindset of like, I, I don't need a team. I could do it all myself. You know, I'll just do this, that, 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 and this and the other. But if your team can't help you accomplish, you know, what you need to get, what you're trying to make, what you're trying to make is probably not that big then. And then if you're going to make something small, what are you going to, what are you making it for? What reason then, you know, I'm sure you can mm -hmm. make a YouTube video, which is you, a, vi a video camera and, you know, a cheap well, microphone. That, and that's what's popular. I mean, like, that's what I think is happening. Those types of projects is what really flourishes on YouTube on a regular is that let me sit in front of a webcam and talk. Right. And so people think, right. oh, I can just do that. Well, yeah, you can, but that's not filmmaking. Yeah, no. You know, I wouldn't even call that really super, like, I don't know if it would be video production. It's just like, it's <laughs> yeah. literally just webcam and you're not, you're not, I don't know how, you know, detailed some of them get, but I was just, I think that's a good point that you make is that like, know what the project you're doing. And if it's a film, it's going to take a team effort. Right, yeah. And with that, who's your team and if you if you're alone right now don't worry you can find people mm -hmm. whether you go to the stage 32s or you know i don't want to start throwing out you know <laughs> endorsing things or whatever but no, you know but... we both know you use cast you use backstage right. and all these things and we, we you know i'm assuming we'll probably put some of those stuff out there for the people who don't know how to get there right but you know you start finding people and you find like-minded people and um, you know, maybe they read your script or whatever and, and they're they're excited about it and then, you know, trying to get that team established and then making sure that team is vested. Right. That's another hard part because, mm -hmm. you know, it seems like everybody has a project they want to accomplish mm -hmm. and it's hard to get people to say, hey, look, let's do this one then we'll talk about other projects or then we'll move on to the next one. But... Uh, let's focus on this one project here right. and do our best at it and get it done and then move on. Move and I think on. that's like, what, for me, that's one of the hardest parts. We've been fortunate enough, I think, to have a pretty good team, you know, mm -hmm. like in our circle the last like three or four years. Yeah. And see, that's important to me too, because that way, you know, if, if we just pick somebody up and you don't really know the type of person they are, you don't know where their strengths and weaknesses are, then when it comes time to doing production, when you're actually shooting, 
it's like you don't know where that person how that person can benefit the right. team you know that you're in mm -hmm. so i mean if you know it's like this person's great at you know going from point a to point b and making sure everything's looking good and this person's great at cameras you know it's a lot about cameras like you have to know your team right. before you get on the battlefield because if you don't then you don't know where to put everybody then you people are just like well i can do this and i can do that and i can do that and going back to the troubleshoot thing exactly if you don't know people's strengths you know like and you are a problem persists right. and you're like uh, who's best at dealing with this you know it just takes away from the flow of the day mm -hmm. and that's the biggest thing too i think is you know going back to production a little bit it's just that flow of the day with a good team the flow is nice and constant with a bad team say for instance team members who just aren't in it or who sit around and watch or right. you know aren't really a part of the production they can they can bring down that flow and you'll spend most of your time like you know kind of working around them and so that's something you know you want to be aware of too a lot of people are going to want to be on your set and that's great that's awesome to have that support but know which ones should be there right yeah. and which ones shouldn't because there are those ones that are that can be distracting oh absolutely you know frankie yeah, and I'm just kidding. I'm gonna chime in right now. No, I was gonna say like, well, in this team thing, I mean, it's all new to me because previous projects I've ever worked on musically has been mostly me, you know, scheduling and and doing everything and recording. So when it was me and you, Drew, doing this movie in the beginning, you know, we were ready to be like, well, we need a cinematographer, we need a cast, we need to do this, we need to do that. It was a little overwhelming, Absolutely. you know. To, not do it all myself and have to rely on everyone else to be in the same mind frame that we are right yeah I, I think you know it's it's coming together that way but still a little overwhelming but i'm getting used to leaning on other people too and it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's exciting and scary at the same time but i think that's it i'm but that's that's a that's a wonderful know. statement is that it's 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 exciting it's scary right for all yes. you filmmakers out there listening and you want to go Get ready to be exciting. Get ready to be scared, ready to be scared. shitless, right? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of sleepless nights. A lot of sleepless yeah. nights, you know. Oh. And, yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I think the one of the this, the second worst part for me is uh, not knowing if <laughs> you can gather up another fourteen plus people again for the second shoot like to me that's like it's like that's one of the biggest problems i haven't even looked again at the script because i'm <laughs> trying to figure out when when can we shoot again do we have enough money to do it for the next time can we round up these people see that's like that's the biggest problem it's not even creatively it's not even it's not even how are we going to make this scene look it's can we round up 14 plus people again you know on an independent project that people mm -hmm. are getting paid little to nothing can we do it again? And then I think that's that's going to be a problem for every independent person trying to make make a film. Well, I think exactly. too. You know, you know, we and you're paying, so that that's the thing too for all the folks out there who who you're not going to have any money. Right. Be prepared. It's going to be even harder. You know. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, um, yeah. I think I think it's interesting though that um, it, it is such a struggle. You know, getting these 14 people together um it, i think it's it's more of a, a commentary on just the way things are these days right we're just all so inundated with so much you know each of us have like so many different uh, obligations or whatever and you know 
And then like we said, we're trying to do it weekend warrior style. And a lot of people's weekends throughout the month are always sporadic, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm open mm-hmm. the first and second, yeah. but uh, seven, tenth, I'm open or whatever. Uh, seven through tenth, and then the next person's like, "Well, I'm not. I'm booked seven through the tenth, but I'm open the first and the second <laughs> every and, time." And you yeah. just—it's like this literally, you know, volleyball match back right. and forth. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like you said, hoping and waiting to end up on a date—it's completely out of your control. There's nothing you can. I can't do anything. I have to just wait. Yeah. You know, you just have to like roll the dice. I have to roll the dice. It's like craps. You know, <sighs> it's worse than craps. Yeah, maybe it's craps. Worse. Craps has better odds. <laughs> craps has better odds. Yeah, fifty in craps, right? But in so bad. But in production scheduling, it's like seventy thirty. And then when and then when we get a date, it's going to be then from then on, it's going to be scramble mode. You know, it's like okay, how are we going to get this? How are we going to get that? Even with the small budget we have, it's like, like no, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to make the comparison, but I think like it's, it's literally probably how it wasn't like the depression years where it's like you're only rationed like a, a bread, a piece of bread, you know, and you got to make it work to feed <laughs> well, your whole family. But, think, but that's the thing. That's a, <laughs> exactly. that's, a, that's it's a, it's a terrible, but yet. Uh, extremely good for right. example <laughs> but uh but to go back to the hollywood system it's like that's what it is we are the rationers right like we've said how many times before we're playing the rich man's game right oh, god and yes. you know yes. we want our film to look like and even the guys you know and i'm not i don't want to name names or anything like that but you know we we know our favorite film yeah. that are out that are independent but they're still three million dollar pictures mm-hmm. or, you know million dollar picture mm-hmm. None of us have a million dollars. We don't even we don't even have connections to a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Maybe ten thousand, maybe a hundred. Let's be real. We could probably scrounge up six figures, but it would still take like every ounce of our energy. And then at that oh, yeah. same time, you'd still be yeah. rationing compared to what the this Hollywood or let's say you know post UC grad film school grad uh, has to deal with. Oh sure. You know, yeah. and so you know that's a very important. I think topic to bring up because people have to learn like look it's gonna be like this it's gonna be hard right and you're only gonna have so much to play with but know your resources be aware of what you have at your disposal and is it enough to you know make your piece right believable I always say that because it's like for me, like bad films, the reason why they're bad is because you don't really believe it. It doesn't suspend disbelief, you know, right, like yeah. where you feel like you're being like entertained. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the hard part. That's like the, I think you know we're always kind of chasing it. We're like that's, oh, we're looking at we're like, mm-hmm. like that's do I buy this or do I not? You know. Right. Yeah. And that's the hard part. That is the hard part. That is absolutely. That's the part that I I think that I don't know if like. If you if there's not a one there's not a class you can take that's gonna be like okay once you graduate that class you'll learn how to not do that you know what I'm saying I, I really think you really have well to, they they supposedly to, have them I you know like the Dove I, Simmons like one I, I, I've you heard know, yeah I've but like it, I've actually took that not took it but I bought his this, stuff yeah I yeah. bought his DVDs and I can have watched and same thing but again it's like but it's a formula though. well it's a formula but it's also you know it's like okay the first thing we're going to do, oh, I don't want to make a terrible impression but anyway, <laughs> you know, they, they go into their yeah. their thing and they're like you know and then they come walking around this huge Panavision camera and they're oh, like yeah. you know we're gonna do this and and I just laugh because I'm like okay where the fuck am I supposed to get the Panavision camera right. where am I supposed to get that that get doorway that. dolly or what about those cranes that you have that you're operating right now where yeah. do I get those now you know we can rent now we've got share grid and we've got some really cool uh, you know resources right. but 
that's what I always find in these film schools that's kind of laughable because it's like you're still not showing me how do I make a film with without those tools right because mm-hmm. you you don't need a huge crane to do a crane shot you can be clever mm-hmm. you could probably do it with a rope and a tree mm-hmm. I don't know I'm just kidding no I know what you mean but you yeah. can, but like yeah. there's ways around. but nobody's showing you that stuff you know and, yeah and I'm hoping that eventually that's that's where we'll go visually is maybe show how we pull off some of these shots but and then this actually that real quick I don't know if you had anything to say about that Frank I didn't want to like Steam no, no, but no, go ahead. Okay, what? Um, but when you say that though, that brings me up, brings brings up a topic that I want to talk about was, do you? What shots do you need? You know, like that's what you should think about. Is like, do mm. I? Am I going for exactly. a shot because I saw it in, a, in one of my favorite exactly, movies? Right. But what is your shot? What's the reason you're shooting that? What yeah. for? What, what reason? does it do for the story? Right. What is it? Because I mean, and let's face it, everybody. If you've studied film. You should know by now the most important aspect, right, is the story. Right. Because if we're not telling a good story, it's all kind of for naught, right? So, but knowing that, exactly, like, do I, is, because, you know, um, uh, oh man, I'm spacing, Neon, the Neon, uh, Neon Demon. Neon Demon, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Wafer, or... Nicholas, Nicholas, I forget his last name. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. That, Neil that Demon guy. director. Neil that Demon director. And he just, you know, he in that film he was talking about how he hardly moved the camera. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about. You that. know, he hardly moved, do any dolly shots, no truck mm-hmm. shots, no crane, nothing, no steady cam, just straight locked compositions. And you know, uh, I think he got like a little bit of backlash for it, but I thought it was brilliant because it's like you just said, he didn't give a shit about. Can we? It's cool. We yeah, we can cut. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. give a fuck. I'll drop the <laughs> bomb now. But uh, you know, he didn't care about like you said. Oh, I want to get that one or shot. You know mm-hmm. that that uh, whatever Spielberg does all the time. You mm-hmm. know, I love that look. He said, "What's what's my piece? Oh, these feel like you know paintings or whatever." I think he right. said something along those lines. And so he shot it in that scope. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really good point that you bring up. Is like. What is, how is this supposed to be shot before saying, oh, I want this, this, and this, and this? Yeah. Like, why is this steady cam shot important in this moment? Right. Why yeah. is mm-hmm. this crane shot important in this moment? That's what I live there, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was watching, um, I was watching, uh, uh, the doc, the, not, the, yeah, documentary, I guess, uh, it was called Hitchcock Truffaut. Did you see that? I did. God, it's so good. That's so great. It's so good. So, but I was, you <laughs> well, know. It's a book, too. That's yeah, like yeah. old school. It's like from like the 60s or yeah. whatever. And then they just finally did the draw. They finally, right? yeah. Frankie, you got to see that, by the way. It's. I was, uh, was going to say, send it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just I came don't out. Have like it. I mean, I'll buy it. <laughs> I, think it <laughs> I think it just re- was, it was released last year. Because it's funny you said it. That's why it's funny. Because you and me are like on the same wavelength with yeah. stuff like that it's kind of odd and spooky but, uh, but my, my point was though is that um, he had dude, Hitchcock like I'm a huge fan of Hitchcock but more so now because oh, yeah. he had um, he had a reason for every shot he, he did every shot he did and, and it's like to the, and, to the end too. and when you when you think about it though when someone puts work into every shot you it, it there's craft, craftsmanship that goes into something like that so you want to buy or you want to spend two hours of your time watching something that 
that every every second, every frame was thought about. You don't want to just go watch a filler movie. Well, sometimes you do, but you know, <laughs> but other times I'd rather um, how do you say? That? I'd rather invest my time into watching something that someone's showing me some craftsmanship, you know, like with Hitchcock films. Well, stimulated, yeah. You want to be stimulated from the dialogue and the visuals yeah. and the sound design. Right, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what makes a great film. I mean, like, that's when, I think that's the stage we're at now is that we understand that all that's important. Whereas right. we've had discussions three or four years ago where we're like, ah, oh, no, no, we can get away with this. Well, right. Yeah. But in reality, it's like, nah, like, you know, when you really start to realize, like, this is our passion, and, and who did who did the people before us, or what did the people before us do? Right. Yeah. And you start to really study that, and that documentary is, like, a huge mm-hmm. kind of, um, you know, insight into his whole process. Right. Yeah. You know, because he was all about, you know, rehearsing, he blocked everything, the set design was immaculate. Right. I mean, some of the set design that they did... Everything was purposeful, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, when you learn that and you see that, you're like, oh. And then when you try to execute that, you're like, oh. Right. Because that's really, really hard to do. Oh, absolutely. And that's the game. Yeah. That's the game we're playing is like, just like a championship basketball team, you know, uh, know the fundamentals, but the fundamentals aren't going to win you the championship. No, right. It's how you play the game. That's it's when you put yourself in the game, like you just said, like thinking about every shot, it becomes you at that point, mm-hmm. or that director's mm-hmm. vision. So that's that's the thing too, is that directors, for me, I'm super interested in directors and their vision. Like I, I, it was actually before I even wanted to direct. I was like that because I'm interested in people, right. you know. And then what they what they do, um, it is is an extension of themselves you know and so even with like bruce lee or like picasso or anybody who who are like iconic artists in their in their way i mean anything they've made like they've that's a a projection of from a human being you know it's so interesting when you think about that you know like hitchcock did it with all his movies he puts in his fears his like perversions his everything he puts that's that's him probably him subconsciously of course he doesn't go out and say it but he puts that into his movies you know bruce lee puts that into his films too and then you know you other artists put that into their it's funny you said that because i just read an article that with enter they were trying the studio was trying to kill all of his proverbial like scenes when he when he talks to this to the student about you know uh the moon and you know he has that little excerpt they were trying to take all that out of the film because they're like ah oh, what is all that mumbo jumbo because it's you know back in the 60s or whatever wait, wait what are you talking which one are you talking about enter the dragon oh, enter the dragon yeah. oh okay and um but that's it's like you just said like those things is what stuck out to you right and it was his probably persistence in an era where he was being discriminated against and like you know, was in the Chinese filmmaking system and trying to get back to the United States and already been dissed by the United States, he still stood his ground and was like, no, right. this goes in the film. Yeah. And those are those those are the scenes that, like, are synonymous for decades, for right. generations. People like you and me who grew up with it and, like, you know, were drawn in by it. Yeah. And and I think that's... It, that's You're, like, I think you're experiencing that transformation. I've, I've experienced it, too, you know? Maybe maybe a couple years sooner, mm-hmm. but we're still on the same path, you know, because we still haven't really um, got that feature under our belt yet. Right. But uh, I think you know that's huge, dude. Like yeah. once you make that decision in your mind or that realization that like that that's how you see this passion, 
like that's it. I think a lot of times like film schools and whatnot, they just spend so much time trying to emulate or copy or or I don't want to like diss film schools, but I'm just saying like they just they're all about art. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. like they're just all about like you know this is what makes great art. But in reality, it's like, what makes great art is when you put yourself in it completely. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. either people like it or not. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, that's got to be the same way with music too, right? I, I mean, totally. from your, your perspective, Absolutely. Frankie. Absolutely. I remember I was trying to go into a musician's institute over in L Los Angeles for a little while. Mm -hmm. And I took the tour and it just was so like, I don't know, I feel like they wanted to kill your soul. I felt like the things they wanted to teach you, I was going to lose what I was going to put into music. So I, I ended up not going. But wow. So like, so... It, it really felt like that. So it was like, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was it because it was so structured? Like, like structured to the point where you, you couldn't really like stretch out as an artist? I think so, because the things they were trying to show me, and they did show me cool things like uh, making the sound effects and stuff for film, like we were doing for the art film yeah. recently but um yeah they were trying to like structure it too much where the the instructional classes they were giving you it's like you had to follow certain rules to for this chord to go to this chord to go to this one whereas i don't think about that stuff i just play a chord and whatever comes next comes next right yeah right you play you, like you kind of just play out of instinct yes exactly right. and then you know, if it doesn't work, I find another chord, and I don't know why it won't really work. It just isn't. That ju it just won't work. what I'm. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just not conveying the emotion I wanted for that song. Yeah, and and in um, a contemporary class, they might say it should, but to yes, you, it yeah, doesn't. Exactly. And that's and that's an important yes. distinction because it's like mm -hmm. that's what I think is being lost a lot of times. You know, especially when we talk about independent filmmaking, is that like there's just too much emphasis on like this is all you need to do. Right. <laughs> now all you gotta do is go do it and it's like no like um you know when i heard, i told you that one filmmaker said you know oh i'll teach you everything you know about one making in uh two weeks yeah herzog yeah and of course obviously i'm a fan and i totally respect him but i just think that's like kind of a crazy blanket statement yeah because it's like let me teach you everything about life in two weeks it's like, <laughs> there's no way like it just doesn't there's make no, no fucking sense to me and yeah. so you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with Frankie. I, I kind of felt the same way when I was going to film school. Remember, I told you all the stories about how, you know, we would start talking about great films, and oh yeah, you know, right. everybody would instantly go to the to the Coppolas and you know Scorsese's and that, and here I am, you know, talking about Rocky or like whatever, and they're like, "What's wrong with you?" Yeah, and I'm like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like I mean, that movie touched me more than Apocalypse Now because I didn't go to Vietnam, dude. Yeah, I didn't like. Right. You know, I love that film, but, like, for whatever reason, other films touched me or, you know, um, it sounded kind of perverted, but, I you know, whatever. <laughs> they, they did kind of touch me sometimes, but, um, Let it but, out. They, but they affected Naughty. me, they affected me more than, you know, the quintessential or the, right. the, the typical, like, you know, uh, recognized uh, classic, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, I do. I and, do. And, yeah. and even with uh, Hitchcock, you know, a lot of people forget Hitchcock was slammed for like the first like ten years, twenty years before. Yeah. I, I, and then all of a sudden, boom, he was like considered like the, you know, the classic. Yeah. Like the go-to. Yeah. But it took a it while. It took a while, right? It was an instant. Yeah. It was not instant, that, yeah. you know. And 
and I think the same is going to happen for a lot of filmmakers that we grew up with. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, even Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are recognizing that, you know, Carpenter's stamp is, like, huge. Well, it's, it's definitely all over Stranger Things. But it's, de de like, yeah. <laughs> all over. All over. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, those, yeah, That's, the, the Duffy he Brothers. He should get credit sure. on that for just that something, for the soundtrack, you know? something, something, the something. monster, something should be, like, created by. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. That's a, I don't want to disrespect those guys. But, no, yeah, I'm no, good. I totally agree with you, like, because I know when we make our stuff, yeah, and we're asked that question. You know, he's always going to float to the surface as far as my influences, and people may or may not see it. Right. I yeah. might I might shoot like a, a Breakfast Club type movie, and they're like, "What's your influence, John Carpenter?" Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. I'm like, well, you don't watch John Carpenter films. Yeah. You know, but like he always does have like you know some ensemble casts going on, and uh, just his tones, man. Yeah. So. Carpenter, oh, Carpenter's great. Man. And, yeah, and it, it's a shame too that his like his music to me, his music is equally as important as like oh, yeah. a, a composer mm -hmm. like Danny Elfman or or anybody else that contributes music to their film. But he's not put in that category for some reason. I think it's because he doesn't work with strings and this whole orchestral thing. But to me, he's his music affects the movie the same way as, as a Zimmerman. Hans Easily. Zimmerman would oh, affect yeah. his movies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So like they should be Absolutely. in the same camp. It's just because they don't use the same, um, you know, the same. I think it's a commercial acceptance. I think that's it is too, that's yeah. like that's what I think it is. I think it's because you know uh, Zimmerman films, whether it's you know Black Hawk Down or whatever. I don't know why that was the first one that came to my head, but like yeah. whatever film that he's done um, is is more uh, socially accepted than like what you know. Right. Uh, the thing was yeah. or i mean it, they no, are no, now no. they're cult classics now but i remember growing up and like just repping the thing and you know big yeah. trouble in little china and even my friends were like oh that movie's whack i'm like you're whack you know and uh th but Good like come back kevin yeah right <laughs> mama that was like a that was like a nine-year-old comeback but but that's how it was though like people would like you know like they live right i remember like that was one of my favorite films dude like obviously because i was like a wrestling fan and I like roddy you know i was about to say yeah you had I mean, to be a wrestling fan i was i liked it. everybody liked wwf i'm pretty sure all yeah exactly raise your hand but, uh, but like I think you know, like I remember like oh, people dogged that film, and then I remember yeah. when I got into film schools, and I would bring up Carpenter, and I always talk about They Live, and they're yeah. like, oh man, it's politically social, you know, so much social commentary in there, and they'd be like, man, that's one of the wackest movies, yeah. and I'd just be like, what? Mm -hmm. And it just used to always boggle my mind that like movies like that would be dismissed right. as like you know, yeah, relevant and and you know. Good. I, I think it, it might have to do with like a class thing. It's a campy style. It's a campy style, and it probably does have to do with the it class. Do, it has thing. to do like, with class thing because I think mm -hmm. like those mo bigger budget movies, any movie can affect you, right? In any movie, mm -hmm. no matter if the budget's like a million, two million, three million, or if it's like two hundred thousand, like they can affect you the same way. The story can still affect you. But I think it's like when it comes to movies that like like the ones you're talking about by John Carpenter and stuff like that, since they're never recognized by the Academy, then people think that they're not as good. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then they yeah. put them in they put them in this like category, this subconscious category, this unseen category of like, well, it's not the caliber of you know, Gone with the Wind, you know. So and all those classic movies like, but still, I, it it definitely it's it definitely can be in those. 
I think. You know what I'm saying? Like right. And the, and the one and just on that note, one last note on Carpenter. Uh, what I read the other day and it made total sense was he was that type of filmmaker. He just didn't want to stop filming, so he didn't wait for budgets. Whereas like the Spielbergs and whatnot, I mean, they were like locked in and they were like you know getting whatever fifty, hundred million dollar budgets like on a regular because right. of the the commercial success. And he wasn't necessarily getting that, but he never stopped. Right. And so he would just keep going and going and going, whatever the budget was. And I think so. Some of that probably uh, put it in those categories because right. of just scale-wise, from a production value yeah. level, like oh, his are lower, uh, or choppers are coming in. Get to the chopper. <laughs> just look. There you go. And it's passing. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so I think that's probably what it what it what it is too is that like just from a from a financial level, they're lesser because right. you know they didn't have the big budgets that like you know ET or whatever. That's what I'm saying too. Like rocking. probably you know when you release that budget statement too, you know it's like it's like t- you know talking about your your ferrari you know what i'm saying it's like so people put you in that class of like oh it's a big budget film yeah here comes the gremlin again over here yeah of course people like you and me were like oh let's let's rock that gremlin even though i'd still want you know that ferrari but yeah yeah you know it just goes into that (laughs) class it just it's and i think it's more by people than it is anything else you know you they certain people put that make that class well that's what it is man i mean that's it that's it like these people at the top right we're calling art art are they really the people should they have that power or should there even be a power that says you know like i think that's what the internet's done i I think it's because they have their voice though i think they have a stronger voice but i think more there's more voices now that have kind of diminished that like bourgeois kind of thing now because like so many more um so much more content available now from an independent level like what? we've seen recently with the bad batch i mean the three million dollar budget and they've got like you know four or five a-list yeah. actors that would never have happened before well the, the weinsteins too i mean when they did that in the early 80s they brought independent cinema to uh, oscar worthy but even then, they still didn't get big A-listers. Maybe, well, they had, like, Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting and stuff yeah. like that. But Matt Damon and Ben Affleck weren't, like, yeah. huge stars no, yet. You that know? was, like, their first film, I think. Yeah. So, like, they were still operating at a pretty, you know, low level, like, kind of rolling the dice. Right, yeah. But now, I think a lot of the studios and, you know, whatnots realize that they don't really need to spend all that money. And, you know, they spend $3 million and they make 30 It's a... They're loving that ratio, you know, because like Ghostbusters, right? Recently, they spent like a hundred million and that flopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that officially flopped. I, I yeah, they're, wow. they're kind of saying that like it didn't really do well. And I, I honestly, confession, I went to see it last night. Uh, I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan, and I had well, to go. Well, I had to go and see oh, for myself. I saw it last week. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. I could not. I hate listening to people. You know, one, I don't. I don't want to say hate. I dislike listening to people's reviews. Yeah. Especially when it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is sacrilegious. I'm like, mother sucker, this is yeah. a movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is fiction. Okay. And it as much as right. I am attached to the original Ghostbusters. Right. I mean, dude, come on, okay? Yeah. And and so I wasn't offended that it was an all-woman cast. I actually thought it was kind of a good idea. 
I guess I was, was more, a great idea. Yeah, that was a great idea. I was more offended that they just didn't respect the the Ghostbuster franchise. Like they they erased the original films. So I was more disappointed there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of like what Star Wars did too. You know, why couldn't it have been like a mixture of guys and girls? Why does it have to be all girls? Like why why does it have to go like complete? like opposite ends of right. the spectrum you know what i'm right. saying like you're doing an all girls movie i'm gonna do all or like your your cast is all white i'm gonna do all black like wh- yeah. why does it have to go to the opposite end of the spectrums because right. you're gonna get hate for one like someone's not like just mix it oh god so well i think what disappointed me was that dan Aykroyd produced it was executive producer and, uh, he, yeah I, I, and I, I just thought like i was kind of disappointed that you know dan you know you're, you're my homie just kidding though but like you are like i hope <laughs> yeah. one day we can meet and you can you know tell me a lot of uh stories and and you know guide us but uh uh that's a little you know reach out for <laughs> so reach uh, but uh, uh you know i just i was disappointed because like he's like like him and um uh, murray well it was a hell no not uh ivan reitman oh ivan yeah i think Her- and harold ramus they all three wrote I think it was just the original, no? Or was all three of them? Well, I think Ramis <coughs> wrote the script, and then I think they all got together. But Clyde, either way, right? they were like they were like the founders, because yeah. like Aykroyd yeah. like grew up in a family with um, who were like really into psychic uh, stuff and oh, like okay. paranormal stuff. So right. like a, it was like a total like it, it made sense for him, right? Yeah. So I just felt yeah. like wow, like you're really attached to it. At least I thought you were, and you let it go there. I was just, I was a little disappointed there. Yeah. Um, just because, like I said, they just just completely dismissed the original films, and try to recreate them mm-hmm. at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. like it was like the Ghostbusters origin story again. Uh, but they're just, I just think they missed in so many different ways. But huh. it was still funny and still a cool movie. But from what I read. They were like it was slated for a sequel, and um, it, like Sony's like nah, like wow, yeah, because really? they like because they spent like two hundred million overall, and it's only grossed like a hundred and eighteen or something like that. I don't want to like quote numbers, but so I guess they were like nah, it's a flop. Wow. What did you think, Frankie? Did you saw you seen both, right? Just you seen? Oh, I seen yeah, okay. I seen the first one, second one, and then now this one. Um, you know what I was thinking like I, mean, I, I didn't hate it but I didn't fully love it either I just it was a Tuesday afternoon movie <laughs> for my, okay. on my end but um, it always makes me wonder like what was it back then in the you know 70s 80s in that writing style or even directing style whatever that made those movies so iconic like people are starting to try to bring things back and they just don't have that thing to them you know like that that gives you that same feeling like you're talking about with ghostbusters right yeah because it wasn't fully bad it just was missing something it just yeah exactly it didn't have that like you know, aura. Like it didn't, yeah. yeah you know like when I, I was telling aspen my wife i was telling her like the thing that like like bugged me is that like i don't want to ruin the film but like you get to the end and in the original when gozer comes on screen like i mean i was 1984 i was like six years old yeah but I remember I was just like, dude, so drawn into that film. Yeah. And and I remember even when it came out on tape, on tape, on VHS, <laughs> <it's hilarious. laughs> for all the youngins, the yes, they exist. <laughs> yeah. um, I used to watch that shit. I mean, I think I killed the VHS. It get we all had. fuzzy. Oh yeah, we got. Yeah. I killed yeah. it. 
And um, so I, I, you know, I watched that thing over and over and it just didn't have, it could have easily had that same kind of moment. It just didn't have that moment. Right. I don't know what there was missing. It just didn't. And well, again, I don't know if it's my own th- shit, you know, yeah. like I'm just so locked into the original. I think, I think so. I think there's no way, it. there's no way, like it's human nature to compare things like you will never know right. what's small unless you compare it to something big right so you always have to compare it to that and then not only that is that it's got it's got what 20 some 20 plus years on your mind like there's no exactly you know, I'm there's wait, no the same, same same with star wars i was wait yeah uh, not to totally divert but it's another good example Star Wars Episode Seven, in my opinion, as a kid who saw it in 1983, right. um, and was like, "When are they coming out with the next sequel?" When I was a kid, expecting like that it was going to come soon, not really realizing it was going to be 25 fucking years later. Yeah. Um, you know, I was like, "It's going to be a sequel about Luke Skywalker," mm-hmm. and then you get to the fucking film, and it's not. And I'm like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things, and the <laughs> filmmakers and Disney want to talk around it, but it's like let's just use logic here peeps like right. you're doing a fucking sequel and you don't put luke skywalker in, in it until the very fucking end and you expect all these people to be happy with it yeah. that built the franchise yeah. and i'm like look i know like you shouldn't make films for that and all that but at the same time if you build a universe you should be happy that all those people are rallying behind it and that like want to see more mm-hmm. like i think as a filmmaker that's exciting mm-hmm. that's what yeah. i hope for you and i mm-hmm. you know yeah like, that's why i couldn't understand why they rebooted like the uh spider-man so quickly like i felt like that was a slap uh, the biggest slap and in they're the gonna face. do it again even though this yeah. one i think is gonna be better i think finally they, they got it i right, finally think know? they're they're good they're on a good path even though i like the sam raimi ones but I'm a Raimi fan. Dude, but I know I do. But when they came out, when those movies came out, they were great movies. Oh, like yeah. they were great. Now I feel like they brought these other ones back so fast. They reboot them so fast yeah. that you compare them to the Sam Raimi one. Obviously, they're not going to be as good because you learn from certain mistakes, maybe that you've made in that franchise. And you're like, well, let's go younger because everybody's going younger. Let's make Spider-Man younger, and, and that's cool because it's fitting to right now. To me, that's a slap in the face, though, a it little is. bit no, to like totally. Raimi. You know, oh, like yeah. at least with like Star wars they've had you know year 20 something years right. to like let that be yeah because ramey that was like seriously classic going I, on like I, that, that first when Spider-Man i first saw it and, i was like blown away yeah, like, i was like this is a great movie. and plus i that was a first big hollywood movie for ramey really it was huh he did like I the quick so. and the mm-hmm. dead but like it wasn't like that level no it wasn't that level. and yeah. so it was like the first time us who were fans of evil dead and mm-hmm. fans of ramey you know, we're like, yes, we get to see fucking Sam go off. Mm-hmm. And he did, and he kills it. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then they're like already like... They're already doing another it's one. It's like already dead and gone. Like, they, they, nobody even gives it love. And it's like, well, they get mad at, at Spider-Man 3 because of the emo spider. He didn't do that, though, did he? Yeah. Uh, I Raimi did that? he directed 3 or not, but he... He was probably part of it, but the, the I thought point he just is, did the they, first one. Yeah, the point is, is they just they just dismiss it, and I totally agree. It's that whack. emo spider was whack. Though. It was whack, dude. That was so, that was so trend. It was so trendy. It was so it's ridiculous. It it's, was cliche. It was yeah, trendy. It was transparent. That, it was like that thing. They're just having fun. But see, I think, and that's what Ghostbusters does. And, and I frankly, let's see if you agree. But I I thought it was cool. It was a fun movie. It was yeah. like like it was fun. Yeah, it was just like a date movie. Uh-huh. That's yeah. the difference. It was like. It wasn't terrible. It just wasn't big. Right. It wasn't like like um, 
odd, you know, jaw dropping kind of in awe kind of film, yeah. which was the first one. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because we've already seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've already seen the Ghostbusters. The, when the Ghostbusters came out, nobody had ever seen a movie like that. So, yeah. like, that was going for it as well. Huh. Well, um, on my part, though, it was more, I love the girls, but the, the overall feeling of that movie was over the top comedy. Yeah. And that wasn't yeah. the original Ghostbusters. Yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. you had Bill Murray who can just stand there and he'll make you laugh. He won't even say anything. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you know? Or yeah. John Candy in other movies. It's it's smarter humor. Yeah. Versus you know, I'm gonna fall when, when out I saw window. when I saw the, the, the trailer with, with them telling you know, doing their jokes, the initially I was like that those that's the same humor that I've seen everything else. Like exactly. what, somebody else yep. already told that joke, like no, that's mm-hmm. all. It was like a Saturday Night Live movie, a bunch of Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. casters, and they were all just, just having fun. Yeah, and which was which was yeah. fun. It was like cool, but it was it shouldn't have been a Ghostbuster. There was a party where she like gets John Wooish. Not even kidding. What? She like, has like a better, uh, uh, you know, better tomorrow kind of scene, uh, where she like has like pistol. Oh, I did see that in the in the preview. And I was just like, "Are you fucking serious?" Like, in my head, I was just like, "Wow, wow. they just went crazy on this." But, yeah, you know, hey. Well, those those are all safe bets, though. Those are all safe bets. They are like the the Star Wars was a safe bet. I think I think I I, I see where you're getting at. I totally agree. From a if I was like a rich fucker behind a board, you know. Uh, you know, around a round table. Mm-hmm. But if I was yeah. like fans, I'd be like, "Fuck no!" No, that's I know. Not that's, safe bet. <laughs> no, 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 no. What yeah. I'm saying is that was a safe bet for the studio. Right. That's a safe mm-hmm. bet for the studio. They're gonna roll. They're they're, they're gonna roll the dice, but it only has like ones and twos on the dice. You know but what I'm the, saying? Like, but the only thing with that though is, is it though? Because like, it almost seems like very risky, in my opinion, from a from a financial standpoint. You're taking a risk that like you're gonna lose all those people who already they're already coming. You, they could have the just thing. showed a black screen that's that said Ghostbusters, right? Uh, whatever it came out, June 2016. People would have fucking flooded to the before seeing any images. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like taking that risk, I think is actually, it's riskier. Really? I think it's. I not. think so. I, because for me, because I it think failed they failed for them. They've they've played they've played well. It failed for them to an extent. I think like largely down the road. I think the the. The tools they use are to tell a story and for the punchlines and for everything they've done in that film were tools they were familiar with. Everything was that they were familiar with. So that's like, we know how these punchlines are going to work. We know if these actors are going right, to get people. Right. We know everything about that. Yeah. I think yeah. when people got there and then they watched it, that was that's different. That's different than being like, but I think the product they give to you is, this is a safe product. I'm giving you a safe product. Right. Whether they the it's the, gonna reach the audience, audience receptive, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. Because I still think that's always that that guessing thing. Nobody really knows. No, yeah. Because it's like weird. Like there's always these trend yeah. lines, right? And yeah. like Terminator can come out now and not be as successful as it was when it first came out. You know, in right. the '80s for whatever reason. Right. I know what you mean. It's yeah. timing. It's like it's like a thing. timing thing, or like whatever's relevant in the world. Yeah. You know. So. No, I agree. I agree. I do, but I do believe that if it, if it, if it, the movie, if Star Wars, going back to Star Wars real quick, it, by the way, we went off, man. I don't even know. <laughs> we love I might have to edit this. <laughs> but going back on Star Wars real quick, though, I know, well, I don't know for a fact, but I believe that if Star Wars still was in, 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 in um, Lucas's hands, he would have 
taken it a different level. I think he would have like wanted to evolve Star Wars to a different level and not play it safe like they did. With Which the is last what Star I Wars. like. I mean, that's, that's what I wish they would have done. That's what I, think I wish they would have filmmakers been should do. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, that, and that, to go back to our whole essence of our of our podcast, but that's what you should do as a filmmaker is like know what is safe. Going back to the fundamentals, know what is the right move, but don't necessarily take that move. Right. Play yeah. the game of chess. Yeah. Which what. You know, maybe your this checkmate will be uglier and longer to get there, but ultimately that's the checkmate you want versus the easy way. Right. Don't yeah. just yeah. always do the easy, because like, I think that's why like we're so inundated with content, and um, well, we're bad content rather. Yeah. And, ton of bad and content. it just seems like you, like as filmmakers, as creative individuals, music, film, whatever, writing, we have to like fight through all that noise just to get heard. And then when we get heard, we have two seconds. Yeah. You know, let me hear you for two yeah. seconds. Oh, I don't like it. Yeah. You know, let's pitch it. Yeah. If you can't fit in a couple of sentences, yeah. I don't like it. I mean, all the Hollywood things are that's all. It, that's all it ever is. It's like, you know, show me what you got. You've yeah. got you've got two minutes. Like right. really, I have two minutes to pitch you my whole concept for a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, <laughs> it's just amazing that like. Like you know, but I don't know if too that's the mechanism that's in place to keep out all the garbage. It might be. I know it, it probably works both ways right. too. It does. It probably does. Like whoever makes, whoever climbs the climb over mm-hmm. the mountain mm-hmm. and gets to the top, mm-hmm. you just basically did the first climb. Yeah, yeah. And that's the test. Test one. Yeah, because most people will just fall off after that. Yeah. And then you want those mm-hmm. people to fall off because then they're not worthy to go to it's test trim- two. Yeah, it's yeah. trimming out the fat, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know. But then, see, but it is. it is. But then it, at the same time, it's also not a one-size-fits-all thing, which they're trying to do it as. Like, right. there's probably somebody in there like you and I or anybody else making an independent film that has a really good story and that would, you know, doesn't have ways to getting to that point of, you know, playing that game of Hollywood. And then it's like, what do you do? Then you go out and make your own movie. Then you go out and do your own stuff, like what we're trying to do. So Basically. we got to have a, a an episode where we just like bash on Hollywood because they they need it. They or need or it. or rather on Hollywood, like um, the Hollywood mentality is what I'm saying. Yeah, I would not, say not I would say more bash on like uh, I you know me I wouldn't want to bash, but I would definitely I make comment on the the um, the laziness. Oh right, you know yeah. because I just feel like they're lazy as hell, dude. Like, sure, yeah. you know, like playing it safe. Like, what the fuck, dude? Film is not supposed to be like that. But then like, when there's hundreds of million dollars in there, you have to take but I'll the go back. To, I'll go back to my carpenter and say, fuck it, man. I just want to make movies. And one's going to do good and one's not. And that's, that's the, the, that's, and, and that's sports. Right. I mean, like, you know, you fucking take the fucking shot. Just take it. But then you that's, might brick. That's the, at least you took the shot. But isn't that that's gonna forever? I think forever exist. You know, the right. person who has the money, the person who right. has the vision. One doesn't have the other all the time, and then you're gonna have the battle. So it's it's never there's not there's unless, not gonna be a result to it. Unless we vote for Bernie. Oh wait, it's too oh, late. Yeah. Huh, right? Damn it! No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the world would have been. Nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so I think I don't know, man. I think what are we at? We're at like wow, we're at a good hour already, dude. So we've talked. Oh wow, we've talked. Yeah, for an hour. I told you I can quick. go off all day. Dude. That's what I'm saying. So maybe Especially we have when to it cut comes this. to movies. Like this will have to be a part two, I think, for sure, because that way, if somebody's not interested in the first like half hour of the show, you probably don't want to listen to the la- the the second part of it. Yeah. But yeah. if you are, then the second part's gonna be even better. Exactly. So, um, 
from there, uh, anybody has any closing thoughts? Frankie? Anybody? Nobody? Tick tock. Um, <laughs> I don't want to put you on the our, spot, but I'm just no, saying. Visit our movie Instagram. Oh, Instagram.com yeah. <laughs> slash, what is it? Dead Beast Summer Film. Oh, man. how did That's you all I happen to cut out that was like, hilarious. right when you... Right when she said dude, it, you were it was clear. like, oh. Wait, what happened? You were cleared like this whole time. <laughs> and then right when you said you Deadbeat serious? Summer Film, Deadbeat Summer Film, Deadbeat Summer Film, it cut out, dude. It, it like fogged. It, yeah, it fogged, fogged over. That's hilarious. It was amazing. That was am- oh, God, I don't get that. That's, That's all right. They'll get the links in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the notes. In the notes of the thing. Oh. I th- are, were you, I'm sorry, Frankie. Are you, if you have more, go for it. No, no, I, I just promote, and that's it. <laughs> cool. Go ahead. Cool. I was just gonna say, like, maybe on a more f- philosophical and is you know, uh, uh, don't give up, don't be yeah. scared. Uh, yes. You know, the the first thing you you can do or should do is take the first step. Mm-hmm. Just just go for it, because you know, if I was, um, well, and I teach too, you know, so sure. anybody who wants to learn how to edit come to San Bernardino Valley College. Um, I teach editing there and hopefully uh, more soon. But, um, you know, uh, just take that first step, man. Uh, When I was younger, I I wish I had more people um, telling me that. And I I grew up in a little bit different era than everybody now, the filmmakers coming up now. It's a lot more access to equipment. Right. To just, you know, overall, like, team players yeah. i think there's more team players kind of at our disposal than ever yeah because it seems like more and more people not only are interested in production but actually can do production have some sort of experience running a camera or writing or editing or so on right. so yeah. um yeah. take advantage of that look at your surroundings um and jump in don't be afraid and i don't know if we're going to reach out to people or is there going to be some sort of wave that they can contact i'm sure like some comment yeah well i mean they, they, they'll find us i mean this is going to be um like throw us questions yeah, yeah. challenge us because i mean i think yeah. you know for me i want to get something out of it too mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's right yeah we don't yeah. want to just be sitting here talking which we can do which we can do uh, but it's more interesting i think but we it, get other people yeah involved. if you get yeah. if you hit us yeah. up and you 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 know, ask us like, "Hey, I'm doing this scene. How would you guys shoot it? Let us right. know. We'll spit it out." You know? Free advice. And then right and in. then do that BTS, man. You know, behind the scenes, so mm-hmm. we can see if you know our advice helped you or not. Oh, that's a good you idea. Know, you know, that's stuff like idea. that. That's a good like, idea. I want to I, like re- I want to reach out to the sphere because I think like you and I both know. Um, I don't. I'm not big on uh, rooting for myself or whatever. Like I have a hard time with that, so I have to like constantly work at it but as right. you know becoming a teacher the last year uh i think that's all it is i just got to put it out there yeah and just just, just do it and so you know these happens. kinds of interactions can help with that i think so yeah yeah that's perfect that's perfect that you say that so i think with that we will close it off and um we will um figure out what we're going to talk about next topic uh on the next podcast which should be sometime soon maybe in the next week or so cool all right everybody i'm out i'm out too see (laughs) you later